Welcome to the talk at Revolution, where each week we explore what it looks like to find Jesus and live like Him in a practical way. At Revolution Community Church, we know that we are better together. Each week, we look to celebrate Jesus, connect with others, and contribute to the church, community, and beyond. If you'd like to connect with Revolution or take a next step, please visit us at revolutioncc.org or at our Logansport, Indiana campus located at 3930 East Market Street. And now, we hope you are encouraged and challenged by this talk. Revolution Church, how are we doing today? Yeah, awesome. It's a great weekend. Uh, November has started. I cannot believe that it is November. It seemed like four days ago we were in June. It was nice and hot, and now I'm wearing a cardigan. What is happening? Uh, but it's a great weekend. We had some incredible college football yesterday. I love college football. It seems like all the good guys won yesterday. Notre Dame, Alabama, Purdue, anybody? Come on. I think Indiana lost, but nobody cares except Anthony. So, <laughs> And then uh, some, uh, some local friends of ours, the Lewis Cass Marching Kings, Marching Band won the state championship. Come on. Yeah. We have uh, several marching kings in our uh, next-gen student program in our church. And, of course, they are led by uh, my friend, Director Alan Henshaw, who's in the room somewhere. Where are you at, Alan? Right there. So give it up for Alan Henshaw and the marching kings. Alan's a, an amazing part of our Revolution Band as well. So just an incredible weekend. Uh, lots of fun stuff happening. And I am so excited that you are here today as we continue looking into the character of who God is. We're five weeks into this series called God Is. And we kicked it off, Anthony kicked it off uh, five weeks back by introducing us to the name that God gave Moses, this character story we've been looking at, the name that he gave Moses, and by extension, us, to call himself, and that was Yahweh, which means I am. And, and I love this idea that God says, just call me I am, uh, because one, it's kind of the ultimate, like, drop the mic moment, right? Like, what should we call you? I am. Okay, <laughs> um, so, but I love it too because it introduces this to this idea that God is big. Like he's, he's bigger than we can fully understand. He's, he's bigger than we will ever fully understand while on earth. And yet through the scripture, he has given us what we need to know about his character uh, in order to follow him, in order to be more like him. And so this series is all about looking into some of the different ways uh, that he has revealed his character to us. And so, in the second week, my friend Becky Camolio, she introduced us to this idea that God is holy, that he is perfect in all of his ways, and that he has called us to a life of holiness. And he exemplified that by coming down to earth in the form of Jesus and, and living a holy life. And he calls us to do the same. And then the following week, Anthony continued the story of Moses by talking about this idea that God is compassionate. 
and how compassion or love is one of the central narratives of the entire biblical story. It's, it's a trait that we see played out in our daily lives. Um, and then last week, we threw maybe the biggest party ever. On Halloween, we had our family fifth Sunday. We invited all of our kindergarten and up kiddos to come in, and we had a blast. Was anyone here last week? Anybody still? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still riding the sugar high of 10,000 pieces of candy, <laughs> um, but we had an absolute blast talking about the idea that God is the creative creator, that he created this earth, um, and that was actually the first way he revealed himself to us in the scripture was as the creator. He created the earth and the skies and the seas, and uh, then our good friend Cooper talked about or sang this song that spoke to the idea that how incredible it is that he created all these things, but even more incredible that he makes a big deal about us, that he cares deeply about us. And then Anthony shared how God has creatively made each of us unique. And we heard the stories of a couple of our students, um, Olivia Gibson and this little girl, Layla, who was very chatty. And she's my daughter. And if you were wondering where she gets that like bold charisma from, it is 100% from her mom. Um, no, that's a joke. Um, but I, we're learning each week how God has revealed aspects of his character throughout scripture. And I hope you're encouraged as we go through these because as we learn more about God and who he is, we learn more about how he's put those same attributes into us, right? And how we can reflect aspects of his character. And if you're someone just, I know there's probably people in the room today that are like, man, Nate, I don't know if I agree with all this uh, or I don't, I don't know who this God guy really is. I don't even know if this God guy even exists. Man, I'm so glad you're here. I'm thankful that you're here because you're in the right place. Uh, this movement called Revolution was started just over 10 years ago for people just like you to be a place where you could wonder, where you could ask questions, where you could doubt, and where together we could learn more about who God really is, who this Jesus guy really is, and how Jesus can change everything in your life. And all these other people around you, they're excited too. Because revolution, we know we're better together. We've got it up on the wall over here. We know that we're better together in this crazy journey called life. And, and we want to hear your questions and your doubts and your comments, um, especially in a series like this where we're kind of maybe wrestling with some ideas that could be hard to, to understand. So if you go to revolutioncc.org slash roundtable, uh, it's on our website. It looks just like this right here. We would love to have your questions, your comments, your doubts. We want to hear from you. Uh, every other week, we do a, a podcast called The Revolution Roundtable, where we go a little more in depth uh, from these conversations, and we kind of discuss together. It's called The Roundtable because we do it as a discussion, where we go more in depth in these ideas. We wrestle with some of the questions we have, and we would absolutely love for you to join the conversation. So, hey, pull out your phone real quick, open up a new tab, go to revolutioncc.org slash roundtable. You could save that for later, but we'd love to have you join the discussion, especially after today, because I think today's talk, what we're looking at, might be the first of the attributes that we've looked at that you might just disagree a little bit with. I think it's, it's pretty easy for most of us to get on board with the idea that God is love, or that God is creator, or creative. Um, but today I want to talk about this idea that God is just. Lots of cheers there. Perfect. <laughs> yes, God is just, as in justice. God is a God of justice. 
And I think we as humans are actually a little bit obsessed with this idea of justice. Um, anyone ever open up their Netflix and like, it does not take long to see a movie or a TV show about like a crime drama or Chicago PD. My buddy Steve, he loves Chicago PD, I know that. Um, I learned this week that uh, there's, a, there's a genre of podcast called True Crime Podcast. Anybody a True Crime Podcast fan? Got a couple, all right. Nice. So True Crime Podcasts are these podcasts where they delve into like unsolved murders or they look into like crime sprees and they attempt to like understand the psyche of the people that do these crazy things. And uh, I learned that it's actually one of the fastest growing uh, podcast genres across multiple top platforms. And even if you're not into any of that newer stuff, I can almost guarantee that you've seen at least one of the like 15 different versions of Law and Order, right? Dun dun. <laughs> I should have had that sound effect. That would have made a lot better. But <laughs> cries for social justice have been almost all we've heard about on the news for the last year and a half. And, and, and rightfully so, right? As we've heard about numerous injustices that have come to light. We're obsessed with this idea of justice. And I think it's okay to be a little bit obsessed with the idea of justice because all justice is, is about making things right. Justice is about making things right. Or I would maybe reword it slightly to say, making things as they should be. Putting things back to how they should be. But I think if we take a very cursory, quick glance around the world, it is very easy to see that things do not seem to be the way they should be, right? I mean, we've got famine and hunger, poverty across our world, racism, sexism, crime and murder, disease, cancer, death. Surely this is not how things are supposed to be. So if this is how things are in the world that this God created that we talked about last week, how can God possibly be just if he created this world so broken? And how can those of us who are Christ followers be about this idea of justice when injustice runs rampant around us? So today I just want to dive into God's word, the Bible, and, and, and take a look at what it says about this idea of justice. And um, if you have a Bible with you, I'd love for you to pull it out, or if you, uh, like me, have it on your phone or tablet, you can open it up. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Psalms today. Psalms is uh, one of the 66 books of the Bible. It's actually the longest book of the Bible, and it's right in the middle. So if you're not sure where to go, just open your Bible in the middle. You'll probably be there. And uh, we're going to be in Psalm 89. Um, Psalm 89, in verse 14, this is what it says, and it'll be up on the screens as well. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Unfailing love and truth walk before you as attendants. Righteousness and Justin, or Justin, justice. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. And notice it doesn't say foundations, plural. It says foundation, meaning you can't have one without the other. Righteousness and justice, they go hand in hand, and they're the foundation of the throne of God, meaning they're central to his very being. God doesn't just care about justice, he is justice. And this is maybe the biggest idea I'd love for you to engage with today. Like, if you remember nothing else but me saying Justin and nothing else, remember this uh, God isn't just because he is as we think he should be but because he is as he should be. I'm going to say that again. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. God isn't just because he is as we think he should be, but because he is, remember Yahweh, I am, 
He is as he should be. He is the full measure of justice, of things being the way they should be, of being right. Becky shared just a few weeks ago when she talked about how God is holy. It includes this idea that God is perfect in all of his ways. God is just because he is perfect in all of his ways. Like he is the culmination of how things should be. So we have to retrain our our minds on what our idea of justice even is. Man doesn't set the standard for justice. God knows the United States government doesn't set the standard for justice. God is the standard for justice. And as we begin to understand God's word and his law and his very nature, we begin to understand what justice truly is. And we can try our best to live by that understanding and and, and oftentimes we'll fail. Uh, I have a five-year-old son named Barrett. Uh, Many of you, I'm sure, have had the uh, privilege of experiencing Barrett. <laughs> he is a very funny kid. He, he loves to make people laugh. It's like his favorite thing in the world is to make people laugh. He'll do whatever it takes to make people laugh. And, and sometimes, very often, this involves maybe crossing a line or breaking a rule he's not supposed to break, you know, whatever it takes to get the laugh. And of course, as his dad, like it's my responsibility to kind of rein him in, right? And bring a little justice, you know, make things right. Um, and this can cause some friction in our relationship. I actually, uh, I remember the very moment he was born. Uh, my wife had a very difficult pregnancy with him. He was very large. He was born almost 10 pounds. And um, when, when he was born, like the moment he was born, they had to attend to her. There were some complications. So the doctors and nurses were attending to her and they, they gave me Barrett. And so I'm laying on this little miniature couch and I've got my shirt off because they wanted him to like lay on top of me, this like skin on skin thing, which is really important, I guess. And so they hand him to me. I mean, the moment he was born, he wasn't wiped down or anything. And I'm sitting here looking at it and I'm, this is an incredible moment. I'm like looking at my son for the very first time. And I remember so clearly, he kind of looked up at me, these big blue eyes that he had. And then he pooped all over me. (laughs) First moment as father and son, and he just completely empties all of his bowels all over me. And uh, I like to joke that this has kind of defined our relationship ever since. (laughs) Barrett's idea of how things should be, of what the right way, his idea of justice it's a little different than mine. And, and he's young, right? He's, he's immature. He's, he's five years old. Of course he's <laughs> immature. He's a boy. Um, and so my idea of justice or how things should be is someone who's older and hopefully a little bit more mature. Um, we, we differ. And the older Barrett grows, as he matures, like his understanding will be more developed, Right? But this is how it is for us as Christ followers too. You see, when we first decide to follow Jesus or maybe we're not even following Jesus, we're just exploring this God character, our understanding and maturity of, of who God is, like we're young in our faith. We don't know as much. And the, the more time we spend with God, getting to know who God is, the more time we spend reading his word and uh, spending time in prayer and worship, God reveals more of himself to us and we grow in our faith, we mature in our understanding of who God is, in our understanding of his justice. And that character we've been talking about, Moses, who lived several thousand years ago, he grew and matured in his understanding. Uh, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, he wrote this. 
He, being God, is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is the faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is. Those sound like the words of someone who's very confident in what they're saying. Someone who's very mature in that relationship that they have with the Lord. And so God is just. He, he is the way he should be. And he created the earth the way it should be, and then us the way we should be. Uh, last week, Matt, when he was talking about this idea that God created, he, he said how after each thing he created, he, he said the words, it is good. So God created the earth, and then he said, it is good. And then he created the seas and land and the sky, and he put birds in the sky and fish in the sea and animals on the land. And after each thing, he said, it is good. And then the last thing he did was he created us, men and women, in his own image, which of course was good. And I think this is important to understand because, as I said earlier, it doesn't take long to look around uh, the world and see that things don't seem so good, right? Not everything looks so good. In fact, I would say most things don't seem so good. Things seem like they're a little uh, not as they should be. I mean, that list we said earlier, death and disease and cancer and hunger and social injustice and crime, that list goes on and on. The world is broken very simply because the world was broken when sin entered into the creation story. In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it, it puts it like this. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone had sinned. Death spread to everyone. And by extension, everything. When, when Adam and Eve took that bite of the fruit and they disobeyed God's only commandment, brokenness enters into the story. Brokenness enters the world. And because God is just, the justice of God demands a payment be made. So for thousands of years... People had to make sacrifices as payment for that brokenness. Uh, Becky also shared how the temple, once a year, the nation of Israel had a high priest who would go and offer a sacrifice to atone or pay for the sins of the entire nation of Israel. But God had a plan, and I love this. When, when God created everything, he had a plan. And when we kind of came in and screwed it up, he had a plan for that too. Because a little over 2,000 years ago, God himself comes to earth, right, in the form of Jesus, man. And he, he lives a perfect life and then is murdered as the atonement for all sins, the, the payment for all wrong, the justice in making things right of everything that was and is broken. My friends, Jesus on the cross is the full measure of God's justice being played out. And when we choose to follow Jesus and trust him as the Lord of our life, that payment wipes our record clean. In 1 John 1, 9, it says it like this, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. He is just he is right to forgive us our sins because that payment has been made. Things are made right. And, and friend, if, if today you're struggling at all with this idea that, man, you've maybe done some things in your life or in your past, and if I could just do enough good things, I could, I could 
fix the scales. I could, I could wipe those bad things out if I just do enough good. I'm so glad that that's not how it works. It says he is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins and cleanse from all wickedness. Not some, not a portion, not a, a weighted measure, but all. In uh, 2 Corinthians Uh, Paul writes it, he says it this way, he says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Justice has been played out and we are made as we should be in the eyes of God. His his justice and his compassion that Anthony talked about a couple weeks ago are laid on us and that we have the opportunity to walk in righteousness and justice, the foundation of God's throne. We can experience justice on the earth even as the world around us lies in injustice and brokenness. So, God is just. His justice was played out on the cross so that we could have life with him, with Jesus today. Uh, I think the natural question then becomes like, that has happened, what about the here and now? Does, does God care about the now, like we know that there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth. Scripture tells us that God is going to make all things right and new again. We can look forward to this time where there's no death, there's no sin, there's no disease or cancer or hunger or poverty. A new heaven and a new earth where everything is perfect as it should be. But what about the here and now, the, the waiting, the, the lives we live every single day in the midst of a broken world? Does God still care about justice now? I believe so. And uh, I'd like to invite up a couple of friends of mine, uh, Jason Scheidler and Adam Morrow. I see Jason. I see Adam. Perfect. Um, welcome my friends up to the stage. They're going to grab mics on the way up. You've, uh, you've probably seen these guys around. They and their families are, are big parts of the Revolution family. Thanks for coming, guys. Uh, Adam and his uh, wife, Patty, run our cafe team, making sure you get that hot coffee, bold or classic, I learned today, uh, and that donut to help get you going on Sunday morning, and Jason regularly serves as part of our security team, and actually, you're, you're like whole families are involved, right? I mean, you both have sons, uh, Jacob and Ashton, that serve on our tech team, which is awesome, and I know... My wife and daughter, they both serve in the uh, youth ministry as well. Yeah, yeah, so wife and daughter in the next gen area, it's awesome. I love that it's, it's a whole family ordeal. So um, you guys have probably seen Adam and Jason, but what you may not or you may know about them is that they are also Corporal Jason Scheidler and Lieutenant Adam Morrow of the Logansport Police Department, uh, which is incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, so friends, how, how, long, um, how long have you guys been police officers? I've been a police officer over 20 years now. 20 years, that's incredible. And Adam? 20 years in February. Oh, is that off? My bad. That's, there we go. Come on down here, too, so we can see you. <laughs> I'll have 20 years in February. That's awesome. 20 years. And, and of course, police officers, I think, you know, as we, as a society, we look to police officers as kind of like that beacon of justice in our world. Um, but what, like, what made you guys want to become police officers? Well, for me, it started at a young age. I think some people are kind of born with a desire to serve others and help them out. And I knew right along that I either want to go in the military, had a lot of family that was in the military, or law enforcement. 
And as I was growing up, you mentioned the last service, you know, there was iconic TV shows in the 80s as a kid. There was Chips. Chips? Anybody remember Chips? Come on now. So I watched those shows, and I had that desire, and also I've always kind of been an adrenaline seeker, so I thought it would be an exciting career. Have you ever once, this is, I didn't ask you this before, wanted to get on the radio and say, them Duke boys are at it again? Uh, probably <laughs> Lieutenant Marlboro. <laughs> Adam, why did you want to become a police officer? Uh, growing up, I, like Jason, I enjoyed watching the uh, police shows and the investigation shows. I was kind of an X-Files nut growing Ooh, up in nice. high school, so uh, that's yeah. why. And right now, I, I like doing the job just in the hopes that you're able to help someone at nice. some capacity. So you said in the hopes you're able to help someone. Uh, you guys shared this earlier. Um, uh, police officer, being a police officer is not at all what it looks like on TV. What, what is the hardest part? day-to-day uh, -day about being a cop? Uh, for me, I would say uh, dealing with uh, tragic deaths. Um, all deaths tragic, but uh, especially when it's a youngster. Unfortunately, in 20 years, I've had many, many infants, toddlers, teenagers, and you see that over and over, and we're, people think we're robots and we're humans, and that is ingrained in my head, and unfortunately, those pictures of those tragic scenes stick with me, and I think I'll carry that with me forever. Oh, man, absolutely. Adam? No, I agree with Jason on the, the tragedies we come across. And, and unfortunately, though, with my position, I'm more of an administrative role, so I have to deal with grown men. So ladies, as you know, dealing with a group of grown men is like herding cats <laughs> with a stick sometimes. So That's awesome. So um, in the midst of everything, brokenness, you know, we talked about that around the world. Why do you guys every single morning wake up and decide, hey, I'm still going to do this. I'm still going to be a police officer. I almost said officer, sorry. <laughs> police officer. Like, why, why do you make that decision every day? I still enjoy it every day. I still like serving people, and every day is different. I could go into work. It could be boring, nothing going on, and then there's days where we're just nonstop. But uh, as a Christ follower now, I, I, as I'm more mature, I, uh, when I encounter people, you know, I, I try to instill empathy more towards people's situations. And uh, I don't always do it, but I try to witness to people time to time. Unfortunately, if it's a you know, five-minute ride to the Cass County Jail, if they're open to it, I try to witness to them and let them know that there's a better way and that they can make a change, but there's only one way to do it, and it's through God. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. How about you, Adam? I still come in and, and do it just because we do get a large support from our community. Um, I know in the last few years, you can come into work and there'll be treats or snacks or food laying around the police department that just people will drop off for us to tell us thank you. And I think we got a picture of it is one day I come into work and this plaque is laying on my desk and I don't know who brought it in and, or who gave it to us, but I have that sitting on my desk to this day. And so anytime I come in, if I'm not having a good day or if I just, I need to tell myself, I read that and I just, I want to have that positive image. If I can make a difference in one person's life that day, then yeah. it is what it is. I love that. Be the, be the good in the world. That's awesome. Well, give it up for my friends. Uh, and, uh, but before you guys leave, I, I'd love to pray for you guys. And, and in fact, if there's anyone else in here uh, that's in law enforcement or a first responder, I would, I would love uh, to pray over you. I believe God wants to bless your efforts. So would you please stand uh, if you're in law enforcement or a first responder? Um, and we just want to pray over you. And uh, if everyone else would be willing to just maybe extend a hand, uh, we'll, we'll pray over these friends. 
Father God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters, God, these incredible people who stand up every single day uh, to be that first line of justice, of, of bringing rightness to the world, of make, helping make things as they should be. And, and God, as we, as we walk through and we know that things aren't always as they should be, in fact, a lot of things aren't, God, I, just, I pray a blessing on uh, my friends here, uh, that you would pour out your peace on them. You would pour out blessings of, of safety, God, and uh, energy and passion and wisdom, God, and um, ultimately that you would protect their families, that you would protect them and, and help them to shine your light into that darkness, God. We, we thank you for our brothers and sisters who stand uh, in the flames, in the, in the line of fire, uh, in the name of justice, God, in the name of being the good in the world. We thank you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. So, again, God, I love that idea. Be the good in the world. God wants us uh, to be the good in the world. He, he cares deeply about justice because it's who he is. And he wants us to care about justice here and now in the midst of brokenness. And, and just a few verses I wanted to share that speak to this idea from the New Testament. Uh, in Galatians 6.10, it says, Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. In, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. And then in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. Never grow tired of trying to make things right. Friends, Jesus cares deeply about the injustices in our world. And if our call is to, to live like Jesus, then my question for you today is very simple. I think you should ask yourself, what can I do today to show God's justice to those around me? What can I do today to help make things the way they should be in my community? How can I work to make things right at work or school in my neighborhood? How can, when everything around me seems to be pointed towards brokenness, how can I choose to say, man, I'm gonna add some good to the world instead? God invites us into the mission of justice. We are his ambassadors of making things right on the earth. And the best part of it is like the burden of justice isn't on us. God is just, he is the ultimate judge. But while we can choose to do justly, while we can choose to try and make things right, like we know we won't ever make everything right in this world until Jesus comes again and that new heaven and that new earth comes. But we can trust that God is making a way, that he's making a way for justice and in eternity, every right will, or every wrong will be made right. The thing I love most about being a, a follower of Jesus is sometimes it seems like when there's just no possible way that something could be made right, when something could be brought back to life, when a broken thing could be made new again, man, God finds a way. 
And there's story after story in this room that can attest to that. Check this out. In Isaiah 43, this is what it says. God says, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters. We talked about this back in our Walder Life series this summer. He says, I made, I made a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned their lives, snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But then he says, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. I will make things right again. God is making a way in your life today. Friends, if you're someone who's looking for new life, like I spoke to you earlier, if, if you're like, man, I need my record to be wiped clean, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if, if that's something that you would like to talk to someone about, our prayer room is going to open here in just a moment. It'll be open for the rest of the service. We would be honored to talk with you, to pray with you. If you're watching online, you can text prayer to 574-498-2233. We would be honored to talk to you about more or talk to you more about this incredible Jesus that we follow. And if, if you're our Christ follower and you're wondering today, like, man, among all the injustice, how could God possibly be making a way today? Man, this band is going to share a song over us. We're going to sing this song and... I invite you, maybe you need to sit today and you just need to wonder a little bit, like, it's okay to wrestle. It's okay to, to have doubt. Sit in that doubt and, and let God speak to you through it. Or maybe you need to, to pray and seek an answer. Maybe God is making a way right now and you just need to seek, God, what, what are you doing in my life right now? Maybe you need to today, like, you're doubting that this is possible, so you just need to stand and declare it over your life, like, God is going to make a way, and I'm going to declare it because I know that it's true. Whatever you need to do today, friends, there's freedom to stand and declare, to, to sit and wonder, to pray and seek. Do whatever you need to do today, God, to spend some time with God and let him make a way in your life. God, I, I thank you for this truth that you are just, that you are as you should be. And that, God, you are making a way in our lives. You're making a way in the wilderness to bring new life. And, God, I thank you that you would have invited us to be the ambassadors of your justice on the earth today. And so, God, we can, we can stand in confidence, boldly, knowing that you will make a way. So God, as we sing this song, as we hear these words sung over us, would you help us to, to accept it and declare it over our lives, to, to claim the promise that you are good and you are making a way today. Amen.